Ready? Ready. Or not. Here I come. <laughs> I'm going to stop it, okay? No. What a piping hot cup of tea that was. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they can't wait for the chat about burning eyeballs with lasers. Sister Alaska Lot. And I'm Sister Babushka. And this is Utter Nonsense. Yay! A show where we pour out a hot cup of tea. And we utter whatever nonsense comes into our head, and there's plenty of it. And as you can tell, this is basically a very laid-back chat amongst friends. And we do this once a month, and new episodes will be out on the first of every month. So fucking subscribe. And like, oh, and yeah. hit the bell, bell icon, ding, ding, ding. Clang, 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 when the trolleys, <laughs> ding, 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 when the bells. What are we going to talk about today? Well, today we've got a nice big topic to get into. Today we're going to look at gender diversity in drag. To be fair, that's an absolutely mammoth thing to chat about. There is so much to say, and uh, we'll probably say a lot and then have to cut out most of it. <laughs> even then, we won't have touched on half the things you could even talk about. <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. It is a gigantic topic to chat about, and there's so many facets to this. Maybe we should start with the most obvious one, which is that we are drag nuns. Surprise! Oh, oh shit, nobody <laughs> <told me. laughs> um, So we do have an, an interest, clearly, in drag and, and how drag is represented. And we do represent it in quite an unorthodox way compared to most drag artists. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Best contribution to the conversation so far. I can't believe nobody told me I was a drag nun. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have been around for a while. Um, I'm trying to remember how long. Is it 40 years we're at now? 41? 40, 41, yeah. It's, I can't remember if it's like... Yeah, I'd say 40-ish. And um, using drag as the you know, one of the ways in which we manifest what we're doing um, is something that's been part of the Sisters Perpetual Indulgence for the entire time, really. It's, it's always been there. And it's only, I suppose, in more recent years that drag uh, in, as a whole has become something that's entered the mainstream and is now really visible all over media. It's, it's all over your TVs and there's TV series and shows and magazine covers and everything yeah it's it's definitely been a noticeable trend I think within the last even just the last five or ten years where it's actually become a conversational topic that you know generations will talk about it's not just confined to you know people of the LGBT plus community who partake or go see drag but actually almost everyone I think in the country has at some point or another heard about drag 
um, because of this opening up in mainstream media, which has been quite interesting. Yeah, and on the one hand, it is it's really good that it is becoming so much more mainstream and accepted. And I remember um, as a student, I was, I think I'd been in the pub with friends and I was on my way back to my flat. And I just, I bumped into someone in one of the back streets as I was making my way home. And uh, she she turned around and, and went, oh, I'm really sorry about that, pal. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I... That was my first encounter with a drag queen. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, just they, they were very apologetic and they, they clip-clopped their way down the cobbles. <laughs> um, and at that time, like drag wasn't in the mainstream. I had very little awareness of what it was about. The changes since then have been phenomenal. My, my sort of first interaction with drag, um, I, I actually am lucky enough that I went to the same high school um, and just a couple of years difference between one of the more sort of famous drag queens in Edinburgh anyway. And it was really interesting because like at the time meeting them um, during like high school, I was in that and like keeping off them. No idea what drag was um, back in early 2000s. I'm not going to tell you how far back that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was even looking there that like late noughties of 2008 2009 whatever and seeing that oh don't really know what drag is and then 10 plus years everyone knows what drag is we've involved as drag artists in a way for our community and it's just such a seismic shift it feels like from you know even just a decade of time it's just crazy you actually went to school with a drag queen that's really yeah. cool <laughs> like, that's an amazing well, fact <laughs> I mean, obviously their career didn't really kick off till after high school, but yeah, they were just at the beginning phases of like exploring the art. And then later on, another person from my year and I'd been in classes with had also went off to go be a drag queen. So yeah, I technically know two from school. One, we were friends. And then obviously as time has passed, we've maybe lost touch, but we're still friendly. And then the other one, it was just like, I know of you and we've bumped into each other, but yeah, it's weird. So I've got two claims to fame, kind of. That's super cool. <laughs> oh, so then you had more awareness than I did at that time. <laughs> I, I mean, we say awareness and really it's just a like, you do what? Oh, okay, okay. Well, I don't really know what that is. Oh, okay, is that what it involves? And then like, sort of a very cursory knowledge. It's nothing like I know now where- I didn't know what a drag queen was. Mm. I'd literally never heard the term. Um, very conventional conservative upbringing <laughs> didn't know what a drag queen was um, but yeah it's it's amazing how much it's exploded onto the scene but I do feel like and this is like key to what we're chatting about today is that the focus has been so heavily on drag queens and it's it's just this one representation of an entire drag community and and the artistry that goes with that and it, it irks me somewhat <laughs> yeah it's it's really frustrating when people talk about how amazing drag is and then when even in edinburgh it's like oh yeah this drag queen or that drag queen but nobody talks as much about the talented drag kings we've also got in the scene where you know <laughs> drag artists who are neither king nor queen but it's something different and even ourselves as queer nuns drag nuns it's yeah it's always interesting to see that the focus is on one aspect um, rather than 
realizing that there's a whole spectrum of drag out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So in terms of the representation that is in the mainstream media for drag, um, I'm going to be honest, I very much blame RuPaul's Drag Race. I both credit and blame, probably quite equally. <laughs> There's Because it's definitely been instrumental, I think, in bringing the art of drag to the fore. But it's usually been so focused on one particular type of drag and one particular representation of gender in drag. And it, it just... Oh. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that in that, you know, I think it, it does have credit um, for really propelling drag into the mainstream. But yeah, the, the fact that there has been a focus of that show. And when you talk about drag, you know, that is one of the first shows that will generally come up, if not the first for everyone um, to talk about. But there are other shows now that, you know, that have become more popular along with uh, RuPaul, such as Dragula, um, there was another one, I can't remember what it was called, but it was, I think it was following a Manchester house um, of drag artists and they were going around on a bus to communities Ooh. and somebody to do drag to help with their confidence. It was on Channel 4 just last year, but I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, which is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably caught some clips of it on YouTube and it did look quite interesting. I feel like Drag Race probably came first. Oh, you remember the name? Drag SOS, that was it. <laughs> Who knew that's what people needed in their lives? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like Drag Race probably came first and it's it kind of paved the way for these other shows. And I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched some of the earliest seasons, like later on, but going back and looking at them now, there's stuff in there that's just so painfully inappropriate. Like the use of um, slurs, like actual legit slurs and criticizing queens for not conforming to their narrow idea of what drag should be. And it's, it's quite painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, like I, when I first discovered RuPaul, it was like four or five seasons in already. So I was like, oh cool, I've got something to binge. And even then just watching like the way the announcements were made and it's like oh using this term that's that's an interesting choice and then the controversy around <clears throat> that when queens had been involved in the show and then they'd went off and they'd realized that actually you know they didn't feel comfortable in their natural their body and so they were going to transition or that you know they were non-binary and it was a lot of issues around that as well where oh well you can't you can't be a drag queen if you're you know if you you're a female and I'm like why <laughs> so yeah there was some really interesting weird things in there which I think probably helped you know skew public perception because it is a mm. mainstream media obviously the general public who don't get involved as much in the drag community I think would have maybe had that perception as well which is problematic in many ways yeah like I think RuPaul actually was on records in the press um as saying that it needs to be a man doing female impersonation because anything else just isn't edgy enough basically I can't remember his exact words but he, he was like it takes the danger out of it it's 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 not even worth doing 
is the kind of message that came across there, which is just so unfortunate. I mean, having like a, a, a bio queen, so someone who's who's born female, identifies as female, being a, a drag queen is something that you can do. It's allowed. It's still a form of art. I mean, women don't look like this in everyday life. It's still art. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> And completely dismissing drag kings, because even like on Drag Race, you, you know, there's been the occasional contestant who's later said that they are non-binary or trans or whatever. And I think there was one that came out like during the show, um, but it's, it's not something that has been, they've been open about before they actually got on the show. Um, and there's never been a, a female, a biological female queen on drag race it's it's insane there's no room for drag kings there and drag kings are amazing can i just say i love drag kings <laughs> i think there was i don't know if it's currently this season or not but i think there might actually be uh i'm not sure if it's a bio queen or not but a female um identifying queen is now on rupaul's i can't remember if it's the UK version or the US version this season, but I'm just like, ah, oh, never mind. I can't remember. No, there was something. Was it not someone who's is it a trans man as a drag queen? Have I made that up? Oh, we're gonna have to Google it. Hang on, hang on. Googling, Googling, Googling. <laughs> trans man. Ah, okay. This season for Drag Race has their first openly trans male as a contestant, which is still, I'm really glad that there's an inclusion of the trans community properly, finally, from the get-go, but we're still excluding so many other genders and forms of drag that it still bothers me because it's still basically gatekeeping and saying that you have to be someone who appears male, doing female impersonation, and that's what drag is. And that's not all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea that anyone is confined because of the you know their gender identity or what what's in their pants in a sense it seems really strange because it's about an art form and expression and our faces are caked in makeup and outfits that are fabulous you don't you don't need a particular gender at all to operate any of that so it, it does feel really gatekeeping in that sense and really almost against the idea of drag to begin with which is all about gender fuckery and just huge expressions and confidence in building a personality. Yeah, I feel like drag is a disruption to gender norms and anyone should should and can participate in that. Um, it's, oh, I can't even find the words. It annoys me so much. <laughs> so much rage. <laughs> Um, but you did mention that there are other drag shows as well, um, like Dragula. I'm, I'm going to admit, I've actually not watched much of it. I only recently started watching it, but I was aware of it. And I was aware that it was much more open in its inclusion of people of different genders and sexualities. And basically anyone that was a good enough drag artist was fair game to be on the show. And I totally, totally respect that. Um, plus combining drag with basically Halloween, which is one of my favourite things ever, just sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I've, I, I will admit, I've also not seen much of Dragula other than sort of snippets here and there. So, but even just hearing like some of the things and seeing some of the pictures from that and just the, the more sort of freedom to explore and try different things, I think is really interesting from that perspective. Cause I know that, you know, some of our more mainstream shows have focused on pageantry and looking a particular way of performing in a certain way while other shows are now allowing people to fully explore what they want to do with drag. And I know with um, Drag SOS, um, when I watched that, watching mm -hmm. that, it was, it was interesting to see the sort of difference between the expression of drag from a UK focused side rather than a US side. Um, you know, back before we had um, RuPaul in the UK as well now. Um, so it was really interesting to get a more sort of homegrown feeling on what drag is in the UK, which was quite nice. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really like about drag in terms of Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is that it's also open to lots of different expressions of, of drag and gender and um, is a very deliberate form of gender fuckery. Can we say that on YouTube? <laughs> It, it's a very deliberate form of gender fuckery and it's completely accepted and encouraged to combine different elements of different genders in whatever way you see fit because your sister persona is what you make of it. You don't have to fit a mould. The whole point is that we're not fitting a mould. We're fighting the system, the cis-het system. <laughs> yeah, like the the huge amount of different looks you'll get from various sisters across the world um, in the order of perpetual indulgence, it's just really interesting to see everyone exploring what they want their activism to look like and even then not being confined in oneself to do anything, you know, having sisters that do really creepy face faces and really act up that for certain points of the year and then other points they're really genteel and welcoming looking it's it's interesting that people have that freedom to explore that as well and it's again it's just showing that drags are another art form that isn't defined by gender it's just your creativity and what you put into it and what you want to make of it sort of thing for a long time i've thought it would actually be really interesting to see a sister of perpetual indulgence on something like drag race but I really don't think it would be allowed because they would say, oh, you, we want you to do something different. Don't be a nun all the time. Whereas I would just love to see a drag nun go through the whole thing. <laughs> oh, it, would, it would be interesting, I think, to watch like a drag nun incorporate how, you know, because really it's just like the headpiece, the scapula, and then like you can have your own outfit and do whatever. So I don't think it's too restricting when you see some of the looks that they have to come up with, like make a dress out of hair or make a creepy look or do this or that. I think it would be really interesting to have members of the order just go through their own version of Drag Race almost. And just yes. be like, yeah, we're just gonna follow this season and we're gonna make our own looks based on this because fuck it, we don't need to be on the show to be valid in making our outfits. That's very true. I would love to see them on the show though. I think it would really, it would really send a message out there um, a much more progressive message than the shows traditionally had and really raise the profile of what we as an organisation are trying to do. I just think it would be fabulous and it'd be so different from what anyone's really seen before in, in the mainstream. Um, I'm sure it would get attention. Someone should do it, not me. I don't have the skills. <laughs> I was just about to say, is this our application video for <laughs> I, I can't sew for shits. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's bad. Uh-huh. <laughs>
<laughs> but I'm sure there are sisters out there who have the skills and are drag artists, you know, in their own right, outside of their sister persona. It would be such a cool thing to try. It would be. Even if not drag race, you know, getting into something like Dragula or other sort of medium, just to then give that prominence that there's not just pageantry or certain aspects to drag where it's literally open to everything. It's just you buy it. Yeah, it's not all about looks either. It's There's intention behind it. And the, the intentional fucking with gender norms is such an important part of it. And it gives people the ability to discover more about themselves as well, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I know certainly doing this has, has been an interesting journey for me. Um, in the order... So although we talk a lot about sisters, you can have brothers, or at least um, in our house, you know, brother is an, is an option. And despite, so I'm non-binary and people assume that I'm female. Thanks, folks. <laughs> and d- despite feeling uncomfortable with the feminine side of myself and, and always having felt uncomfortable with it, I chose to be a sister. And for me, that was a deliberate choice because I wanted to try and explore and become more comfortable with that side of myself that I've always felt tension with um and it's definitely it's been interesting exploring a a more feminine character which is definitely not who I am but coming to peace with it as well yeah it's quite interesting to hear that story and then I think for myself also as another non-binary person you know my journey with the sisters has been more around as as a as a um, male presenting person outside of all this so it's always been a difficult idea of how does one play about with gender and this more feminine side and when society is like no don't do that you man don't do that that's bad and I'm like (laughs) 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 Um, so, so being involved in the sisters and getting to play up to a character that is definitely outside of who I am as a person, just generally, regardless of gender, um, being too extroverted. I'm like, nah. Um, It's been interesting to get a chance to play about with that more femininity side of things as well and see how how does it feel wearing a dress outside? Oh, it's it's actually safe and it's okay to do this. Even if I've got a cake face full of makeup, it's fine. So yeah, it's been really interesting from that aspect that drag has, you know, having this drag persona to allow mm-hmm. that self-exploration, um, which I think we're both touching on here, is we've got to explore sides of ourselves. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I would not wear a dress in my normal life if I could avoid it, unless I felt really super socially pressured to do so. I've spent most of my life wearing men's clothes. For some reason, people find that more acceptable than a man wearing women's clothes, which is ridiculous because clothes are clothes. But yeah, I'd, most of my wardrobe for most of my life has just been from the men's section. And that's how I have felt more comfortable. So fucking with my own gender and exploring it has been quite a journey and it's been great. One thing that I've not done that I would really love to do is explore um, like the facial hair side of things. Um, Because I know there are other brothers and sisters who do like fake beards and things if they are unable to grow their own or they choose not to grow their own. And there is a brother in our house who does like the most amazing beards. And at some point, I really need to to try and get to grips with fake beardage just to complete the look, (laughs) just to really fuck with people. (laughs) I expect when we can next meet in person, you to have a full Gandalf. (laughs) 
So I did, I, they did show me how to do it once before I was ever a member of the order. Um, so I do have a photo of me in like my normal face, but with a big hairy biker beard. And oh, it was the best thing ever. I, and all the way home, like as I was driving home, I was sitting there stroking my beard in the car going, this is so cool. <laughs> Obviously doing that safely with one hand on the wheel, one hand stroking away, yeah? Yes, and at traffic lights, <laughs> I would say. Rather than just randomly driving around, like if, if I was stopped at traffic lights, I'd sit there and I'd stroke my beard. And I could see other people looking at me. I'm like, yes, my beard is awesome. <laughs> I will have to insert a photo of the beard and disguise my face in some way. It's a great beard. I really did enjoy it. <laughs> Just Photoshop on a big pair of glasses over your eyes so all you see is the beard. <laughs> I think the only thing against doing the beard is how long it would take to put on. Because that definitely is going to add to your getting ready time. Mm. Yeah. Unless you get a pre-made one. Pre-made one might solve the issue. I'm wondering, does it go on like before the white face paint to start with or is it on after? That's a great question. So what I was told was that if you want it to look realistic, you're better to put it on first Mm. and then do your makeup. Because if you had a real beard, you wouldn't put your beard on after your makeup. Your beard's on your face already. And then, you know, that messiness of trying to get the makeup sorted with your beard is what would happen in real life. I mean, it was a fascinating workshop. You know, they, they, they brought through a bearded person and we all stood around staring really close at his beard, <laughs> examining what beard should look like. <laughs> nice beard you got there. <laughs> um, there is, there's, I, I've got this friend uh, on TikTok, this friend who's a drag king. Um, and they do fake beards, but theirs are pre-made. So it's kind of like having a wig, but for your face. And um, a lot of theirs are lit up as well. And they look so cool. And I have to say, there's been a few times I've looked at it and been tempted to go and buy one. <laughs> a light up beard is something that I would consider for me. Like, yeah, they look so fancy. <laughs> Maybe I should just throw my own damn beard and just shove lights in it and be done with it. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be able to take it on and off, I guess. I could <laughs> and somewhere you want it all the time. <laughs> I can grow it out and then once I get sick of it, I can just cut it off. But therefore, I have the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not have to grow it quite long in order to then make it into a fake beard? Yeah, it's not worth it. I'll just get a fake beard. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to spend ages growing it out and then cutting it in just the right way. Nah, I've not got the patience or the time for that, actually. You're right. I'll just get the fake beard. And it right, doesn't have lights in it. <laughs> <laughs> so fear fake beards it is <laughs> fear beards slay yes Hunty. drag race has a lot to answer for like there's a whole range of uk 
um, gay and drag terms that have just fallen by the wayside because they've been like these American ones have just been slapped over the top and that's what people have learned from mainstream media which is kind of annoying <laughs> yeah it's annoying <laughs> and then all these people now using these terms who are not part of these communities and don't necessarily understand the context or what they really really mean or like just the second you say drag they just come out with all of these words you're like what <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting that people will take up the word because it's in popular mainstream media but they won't actually take the time to learn the history of where that comes from and everything around that is uh, fun i will say it has been really nice to see actually two scottish queens representing um mm. in like a season it's been really nice just there were none last time and it's like scotland does drag too you, you could like show us somewhere because otherwise i don't see it in any media whatsoever yeah it was almost like you, you could be forgiven for thinking there is no drag scene in scotland which is not true at all that's another type of diversity we want regional diversity we want to see queens and kings and drag acts from everywhere please yeah Everyone should just do drag. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the same, isn't it? That, like, pretty much everything is drag. No, what's what's the set? What? Oh, it's a RuPaul saying something, something, and the rest is drag. Google is my friend today. Google is my friend today. Oh, you're born naked and the rest is drag. RuPaul. There you go. You're born naked and the rest is drag. So technically everything's drag, according to Ru, apart from when it's done by anything but white cis men oh. doing female impersonation. So obviously today we've had a very short look into the huge topic that is gender diversity and drag touching on how drag has become more mainstream, both with its benefits and its less than positive outcomes, I feel. And also looking at the different avenues that we've seen drag being expressed in, and also touching on how your gender does not define your art as a drag artist in any way whatsoever. And mm -hmm. it is open to everyone to explore <clears throat> that. Um, I think it's definitely the ending message we'd like to recap on that. Absolutely. We would very much love to see, you know, all sorts of, of representation in drag. And I know today we were talking specifically about gender, but, you know, there's, there's also the issue of um, ethnicity as well, where there's an awful lot of white, cis, male drag queens. And there's so much more to the drag community than that. And we love it in, in all of its glory and um, encourage you all to go and seek out amazing drag queens, kings, drag artists of other genders, uh, everything. <laughs> so we've chatted a little bit about various different shows um, which, you know, showcase drag. And that is probably gonna lead us on quite nicely to what we're gonna talk about in next episode. Yes, I think we've tried <laughs> to time this as well as we could. 
so that next time what we're going to talk about is more around RuPaul's Drag Race. No, no surprise there. Um, one of the biggest drag shows you probably hear about. Um, so we're going to talk about that next week and go in a bit more about some of our sort of favourite queens, some of the issues that have come up throughout that and just how drag has been represented in that show specifically, I feel, will be a nice sort of another conversation to have. And Hopefully, it'll be yeah, around about the time you've all figured out who the season 13 of the US one is the winner and who the winner is of season two in the UK. So we're not going to spoil anything for you by the time it's out. Don't worry. Well, we can't because I've not seen them. <laughs> nice chat next time. <laughs> this has been such an enjoyable topic. Let's talk more about how RuPaul is shit. <laughs> you bitch <laughs> and there needs to be some drag kings on there just saying I'm sure I'll say that again next time but there needs to be drag kings are amazing um, I've only ever seen one live no that's not true I've been to one proper show where it was the drag king was the main event though um, and they were so good it was like the best show ever or one of the best more drag kings, more drag diversity. Please. Yes, please. Yeah, I think the only times I've ever really gotten to see drag kings have how they have been sort of side acts or part of a bigger ensemble. So it would be nice to have more representation and more, you know, sellout shows where drag kings are getting to perform as well because it is underappreciated. And you know, drag other gender insert here, you know, drag anybody. Come along, show us what you got, sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I suppose thank you for coming and listening to us. Have I don't know about you, but for me, it was a little bit of a rant about <laughs> gender representation and drag. <laughs> I, I think it is a necessary rant, though, because by holding other people to account, you know, for excluding and gatekeeping people, we're showing that we want it to be better. It's not that we're you know, we're angry or ranting about the fact that drag's become mainstream. We just want it to be accessible to everyone. So no, I think it, it's been a bit of a rant, but also I think it's been a bit of a, hopefully an eye opener for people and just helping other people feel more comfortable that if you want to go and play about and see, do you want to do drag? Do you want to play in that arena? Fucking do it, you know? So we should say that the next episode will be out on the first of next month. And in the meantime, please like and subscribe um, and hit the notification bell so that you get notified of when that episode is out and available. And please remember to check out our other socials. The links will be in the description of this video. Yep. And for those listening on podcast, obviously, hopefully you've already subscribed to our feed. But if not, please do so on iTunes, Spotify wherever you're getting your podcasts. And if you feel like leaving us a lovely review on any of those platforms, that would be much appreciated. Anything else you want to close off with, Alaska, before we call it a day? We did the thing. 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 Is that really our outro? <laughs> I mean, this will be the third time that makes it a tradition. Oh, damn it. <laughs>
Thanks again for listening to this episode of Utter Nonsense. We really hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please do subscribe as new episodes will be released monthly. Also, if you have the time and inclination, it would be great if you could leave us a like and review on whatever podcasting streaming service you're listening to us from, as it really does help boost the show's reach to other people. If you can't wait until the next episode to hear more from Sister Alaska or Sister Babushka, please do follow them on their social media channels, as I'm sure they'd love to hear from you there too. Just a reminder that all the views expressed by anyone on the show today are completely their own and are not meant to be on behalf of any other person or any other organization. Anyway, I think that's all for the super secret end credits, so I hope you all have a fabulous day wherever you are, and we will speak to you next time.